the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And when your children need to rebuke you because the stuff you have on your television in your home is no different than the Asherah, don't be surprised if they're alienated from you because your walk does not reconcile with your talk. So don't be surprised if God takes you out of commission as a leader in your family or as a leader in the church so you can repent and get it right with God. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko with just a little bit of what you'll hear today on Reaching Your Heart. We continue today with more of Pastor Mike's message entitled Asa and the End. At Reaching Your Heart, we believe God answers prayer. Won't you let us pray with you? The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Please stay with me for just a few seconds after the broadcast today. We have a very special offer we'd like to give you. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought Him, He was found by them. Praise God. The prophet draws attention to the fact that Esau's revival was the reversal of a long period of decline in the nation's piety and faith. The rest that they had enjoyed could leave them if they left God. So when they returned to God, it came back. In verse 5, the prophet continues, In those times there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in, for great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the land. They were broken in pieces, nation against nation, and city against city, for God troubled them with every sort of distress. Now here's the admonition of the prophet, whose name means the Lord is my helper. Verse 7, But you take courage, Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Man, friend, fear is faith's worst enemy. If you're moving forward or backward in fear, ruin is soon to fall upon you on either side. The prophet says, take courage, have faith. Courage and action are closely aligned in faith. The prophet says, do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Friend, Christ has not called you to fail. He didn't say, come unto me and then I'll trip you up. If you abide in Christ, you will succeed. You will make it to glory. Now, I go around the church from time to time putting ideas in kids' heads. You ever do that? Well, have you? You should. And I'll find a young boy or girl and I'll bend down to them or I'll do a high five with them like this. Give me five. I said, you're going to heaven. Man of God. Or I'll tell a little girl, you're a woman of God, called to greatness, living forever for Jesus. Now, why do we do that? Do you realize the words you speak either encourage faith or it diminishes faith? So when you have a chance to make a difference in someone's life, speak a word of faith and courage to that person. And we should hold our children accountable so that they become men and women of God and nothing less, nothing less. And guess what? They should hold us accountable 
that we remain men and women of God and nothing less. Nothing less. Faith is fear's worst enemy. Dear heart, God will not let you fail if you cling to him in your weakness, seeking him as your strength. God is eager to reward your faith in Jesus. In verse 8, Esau took courage from these words. After Esau received the victory from God, he became afraid of more fights ahead. That is why the prophet came to encourage him. He knew this would happen. Compromise had crept in. So Esau, in verse 8, removed the idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin. Isn't it amazing? Just after God's victory, the people were playing around with idols again in the cities that Esau had taken. Association with compromising influences led to a lapse of faith and obedience in Judah. Clean out your house and take courage, and God will reward your works. Esau got busy again for God. He, repair, he repaired the altar of God that had fallen down. Now, the altar represents the cross of Christ. Friend, when the cross of Christ is not centered in your life, when it's broken down, you're in trouble. And so renew your life in face of the cross. Come to the altar. So Asa repaired the altar of the Lord. And King Asa called everyone together to really worship God from the heart. Now, I like the kind of worship they had. It wasn't like half-hearted worship. It wasn't worship that didn't have any meaning. Friend, when you're in trouble, you know what you need to do? You get on your knees or get your guitar out and worship God. I have a guitar at my house. I'm not a very good guitar player, but I like playing it. Glenn's a good guitar player. That's right. I've been to your house and I know. No, no this. You're good. You're better than most of us up here. But I will sing on my guitar and praise God when things are going bad. And things start going good. I will worship. You know, look at the kind of worship they had here in Second Chronicles fifteen nine. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who were sojourning with them, for great numbers had deserted to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They were gathered at Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of the reign of Esau. They sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil which they had brought. 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with how much of their heart? How much of their heart? All their heart. And with how much of the soul? All their soul. The oath was a life and death matter for these people. Verse 13, And that whoever would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, should be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They took oath to the Lord with a loud voice. Now, what kind of voice did they make the oath with? Loud voice. Now, let's practice here a little bit. I will live for you. Now, try that with a loud voice. Come on. For you. That's, that, I don't think it was that quiet, though, really. It was louder. I will live for you. Okay. Now, you're getting there. You're getting there. With shouting. Now, have you ever shouted in church? No, I heard it. Was that over there? Well, let's try amen. Let's, let's use the word amen and say it kind of louder. Amen. 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 Okay, well, that helps. Okay, and look what else they did. With trumpets and with horns. And I don't have a trumpet or a horn, but it'd be nice to have it right now. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath. Now, when they made a commitment, they would praise God that they had made the commitment. They didn't just make the commitment. So they rejoiced over the oath. For they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire and he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest round about. Now, when God calls you, 
as a Christian into baptism. You know, the attitude that's right says, I don't care what it takes to be baptized. If it's in God's word, if it's in the Holy Scripture, I'll do it and I'll do it with a joyful heart. That person's ready to be baptized. Asa, at this point, removed his mother from being the queen mother because she had an idol in her house. He broke it up. He cut it down. He burned it. And he said, Mother, you're no longer queen mother. You're just a mother and not much of that. And when your children need to rebuke you because the stuff you have on your television in your home is no different than the Asherah. Don't be surprised if they're alienated from you because your walk does not reconcile with your talk. So don't be surprised if God takes you out of commission as a leader in your family or as a leader in the church so you can repent and get it right with God. You know, there are certain people in the church who need to not serve anymore until they get their house in order and they commit their lives to God in a consistent kind of way. Now, we're not talking about perfection here. We're talking about commitment that is consistent with Jesus Christ. After this action, Asa filled the house of God with treasure. I mean, he looked into his bank account and he said, God's house needs resources. He was faithful in his tithes and offerings because God was faithful to him. Second Chronicles 15, 18. And he brought into the house of God the votive gifts of his father and his own votive gifts, silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. 20 years passed and King Asa had no trouble at all. Twice as much as before, not 10, but 20. God rewarded him with a generation of peace and prosperity for Judah. That's the problem. When things go good for a long time and you fought many battles for God, you can lose a relationship with God because you're just too secure. At the end of 20 years, God tested Asa kind of like he did Abraham, but not nearly as severely. When things are going good, it's possible to stop praying. It's possible to rely on your bank account for spiritual security and economic security. It's possible to think that you're okay because you're smart or because you're just okay. And when a lot of time passes that way, you can't tend to forget the faith, the courage, and the good works of your youth that God has rewarded for you. You talk about it in the past, but you don't live in the present. Second Chronicles 16.1 In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and built Ramah that he might permit no one to go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. You know, since the time of Solomon's son Rehoboam, the twelve tribes were split. There was civil war, so to speak. Israel was the kingdom to the north and Judah the king to the south. The Yankees and the Confederates, so to speak. So the civil war resumed in the 36th year of the reign of Asa. Asa was no longer a young man. He was older. He had no stomach for conflict. So what did he do? He didn't tell anybody. No one knew where the treasure was. I mean, they knew it was in the house of God, but no one inspected it. So he sought an alliance with a pagan king. The man who tore down the pagan altars in his own land sent an envoy to a foreign land to seek protection instead of relying on God, instead of seeing it as another opportunity to defeat God's enemies. Second Chronicles 16.2 Then Asa took silver and gold from the treasures of the house of the Lord and the king's house. And he sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a league or alliance between me and you, as between my father and your father. So he's going back to the ways of his old dad, who didn't follow God. 
Behold, I am sending to you silver and gold. Go break your league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. The foreign king didn't seek King Asa's help. King Asa sought him. Instead of trusting God, he tried to buy off the enemy so he would just go away. He wouldn't need to trust God. There'd not be another battle. What happened to Asa in those 20 years of having it easy? He declined. He lost a vital relationship with God. He got lazy. He took the gold and the silver that belonged to God and he gave it to the enemy to keep the easy days rolling. He reversed his pledge to God, the oath and his worship in a moment of fear and all his gains for God were reversed. You know, I, I'll, be, I'll share with you something you may not be aware of. When we were fighting, by God's grace, the battle for our church with the county and that historic church state victory that would follow, before it happened, I was approached, our building team was approached by someone in our own denomination who had political connections with the county. They said, if you want to get that church, work with me, you'll get it. And what they said was, these politicians want money. All you got to do is make the right kind of contributions to their election campaigns, and we'll work it out to get you those permits. Did you know that happened? There's a lot of churches around here that get built that way, including a few in our own denomination. That, by the way, is a felony. But it's more than that. It's a breach of faith in Christ. We don't worship these politicians. They aren't great men in God's eyes. I'd rather be renting than bow down to that kind of thing. And our team said, we don't want to hear this. And we left it at that. Now, God has secured our victories. And God will secure our victories in the future. You can't buy off the enemy. The enemy has to be defeated. And only faith in Christ can accomplish that end. Friend, are you being challenged in your life to compromise with the truth, to get ahead? Don't compromise. Make that oath, stand secure in it, reaffirm your faith in Christ. My son called me on the phone as I was working on this sermon. It's funny how he calls me. I used to call him and say, son, I want to pray with you. Now he calls me to pray for me. I like that. He said this to me, Dad, I'm quoting him, if it doesn't matter what you do for God at the beginning of your life, if you give up and let him go at the end, none of it really matters. Now, that's pretty wise from a young pre-med student looking at the, his life from the front side of things. He's figured it out. You go the distance with God. Don't get lazy. God sent a prophet to encourage Esau the first time. The prophet's name meant the Lord is my helper. This time, God sends a prophet to rebuke him and to turn his heart back to God. Why? Because God loved him. The name of the prophet is Hanani, and his name means God is gracious to me. When you fail, friend, when you've gone through that midlife crisis and you've got to get it figured out, God reaches out to you. He doesn't throw you away. He comes a second time to remind you that the God who wins battles can turn your heart back to Him with grace. God can forgive your sins and restore your life. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. We'll continue with Pastor Michael Oxenteco's message in just a moment. But first... Do you want to understand the Bible better? Do you have difficult questions? 
Have you ever wondered if God is so good, why do we live in such a bad world? What does the future hold? We know that you'll find answers in these new in-depth, full-color Bible study guides available for you with a donation of any size supporting this ministry. The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Call now. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxenteco. My son called me on the phone as I was working on this sermon. It's funny how he calls me. I used to call him and say, son, I want to pray with you. Now he calls me to pray for me. I like that. He said this to me, dad, I'm quoting him. If it doesn't matter what you do for God at the beginning of your life, if you give up and let him go at the end, none of it really matters. Now that's pretty wise from a young pre-med student looking at his life from the front side of things. He's figured it out. You go the distance with God. Don't get lazy. God sent a prophet to encourage Esau the first time. The prophet's name meant the Lord is my helper. This time God sends a prophet to rebuke him and to turn his heart back to God. Why? Because God loved him. The name of the prophet is Hanani, and his name means God is gracious to me. When you fail, friend, When you've gone through that midlife crisis and you've got to get it figured out, God reaches out to you. He doesn't throw you away. He comes a second time to remind you that the God who wins battles can turn your heart back to him with grace. God can forgive your sins and restore your life. The Lord who is your helper is the Lord who is gracious to you, a forgiving Lord, and he'll help you at the end of life just like he did at the beginning of life. In Romans 2, 4, the Apostle Paul says the kindness of God is meant to lead us to repentance. God reached out to Esau to remind him that he is near and that there is nothing to fear from a God who forgives the sinner. Sometimes God brings discipline into your life to teach you to not rely on yourself, your own wits, or your own victories in the past. Second Chronicles 16, 7. At that time, Hananini... The seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. You see, that was an opportunity. It wasn't a threat. It was an opportunity for victory. He didn't have the right eyes to see for for what it was. Verse 8, Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with exceedingly many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show his might in behalf of those whose heart is blameless toward him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Now look at that again. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Dear heart, God sees everything in your life. Live it now as if he is looking over your shoulder because he is. And never forget that the God who sees you with his eyes of grace has his eye of love on you even if you fail. God knows when you've messed up. When you get down on your knees and you confess your sins to him, you look inside your house and you realize you have an asher or two there and you choose to get rid of them. He sees that in your life. He sees you trying to resist evil, deciding to do the right thing. And he wants to reward you for doing good. So what did Esau do? Here's what he did. He got mad at the messenger instead of heeding the message. 
He began to act like the enemy toward the God who proved himself to be his friend. Second Chronicles 16.10, amazing. Then Esau was angry with the seer and put him in the stocks in prison for he was in a rage with him because of this. And Esau inflicted cruelties upon some of the people at the same time. Wow, what a transition from what he used to be to what he had suddenly become. Instead of looking deep within to admit his own sin, he looked at others and blamed them for his troubles. He was a transformed man in those 20 years. The man who started out restoring the people of God ended his life persecuting them because of pride and fear. His character changed and fear became rage. Two sides of the same problem of a surrendered faith walk. He was no longer the same. And in the end, Esau, the kind and faithful king, became a cruel shadow of what his compromising ancestors were. Three years later, Esau's end comes to him. The man who marched to war was unable to walk as he used to walk with God. When you stop walking with God, your feet can become diseased. And when your feet are diseased, God has to heal those spiritual feet so you can walk again with God. To heal this kind of problem, you have to humble up and pray for God to heal you. Pray to God, not pay your enemies off. Pray for God's grace and for forgiveness in your life. The tired, old, angry king stopped praying. He stopped walking with God. He stopped listening to the prophets who spoke in his name. Second Chronicles sixteen twelve. In the 39th year of his reign, Esau was diseased in his feet, and his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from physicians. So what happened to the old king who didn't walk with God, who didn't talk to God anymore, who didn't bother to seek his help anymore, who shunned his word in his life? The man who started out right with God ended his life without God. The man who had rest at the beginning of his reign ended his rule in life with no rest at all. Verse 13, here's the description. And Esau slept with his fathers, dying in the 41st year of his reign. Forty full years of rule. The 41st never happened altogether. The number 40 is like a wilderness wandering. His whole reign ended up to be nothing more than a wilderness wandering for the people of Israel. They buried him in the tomb which he had hewn out for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bear which had been filled with various kinds of spices prepared by the great perfumer's art and they made a very great fire in his honor. The man who spent so much time defending his people in his early years spent the last years of his life building his own tomb. He built it for himself. The text is very clear. He built it for himself. Uh, He was buried alone in the end in that selfish tomb. Not a family tomb. His tomb. Asah and the end. Asah and his end, an end without God. Not a beginning for others, just the end without God. Now look what they did. They filled the tomb with spices. Now why did they do that? They did it because spices are meant to reverse the effects of a bad odor. The man who smelled so good for God smelled bad in the end. There is no record of any kind of funeral service except a great fire. They built a great fire to honor him, but the fire eventually went out. And with it died the full effect of the man who had been on fire for God, but who became a cold, smelly body on a slab without God in the end. Friend, perhaps Jesus had King Esau and his end in mind when he had this to say on the Mount of Olives to the final generation that would live just before the second coming, our generation. 
Matthew 24, 12. And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. But he who endures to the end, what does it say? Will be saved confidently. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. God has called you to perseverance and endurance in his name. He has called you to consistent living in His name. He has called you to victory, joy, and buoyant living in His name to the praise and glory of God. Seize the crown. Live forever. Go to glory. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today for Jesus. We're grateful for His life. We're grateful for His death. But more than this, we're grateful for His presence which grants to us the glorious life, the one that is characterized by surrender, the one that is a true life of faith. And Father, we're faulty folk in this place, and so we ask for the living God to live in us. We're grateful for your promise that you will be near to such a heart. May you be with your people and you bless them, keep them close to you all through the week. Father, if they should stumble... May they fall into heaven's arms for forgiveness. But Father, keep them from stumbling and bring them back here as we renew our relationship with you next Sabbath by grace. In Jesus' name, amen. That will conclude Pastor Mike's message entitled Asa and the End. We pray this broadcast has ministered to you today. When you support this ministry with a donation of any size, we'll send you the book Soul Care, Becoming Whole in a Broken World. 888-244-HOPE. Soul Care is a small 64-page volume filled with practical information on how you can grow as a Christian and even thrive in the tough times ahead. Call now for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Please stop by the website reachingyourheart.com to listen to this message again. That's reachingyourheart.com. We hope you'll join us again next time here on Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.